0: Hey, Katie, thanks so much for coming on the show today.
1: Well, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to sit down and chat with you.
0: Yeah, for sure. And as we get started, can you give the audience a little bit of context and background in your history in in UX research?
1: Sure. Yeah. So right now, I'm a UX researcher for Warner Music Group. I specialize in working in complex applications um, and data systems, which are tools used by most of our internal users, which, um, if you're me, is a lot of fun. Um, I'm a huge fan of data and insights, uh, which is partially what led me to working in user research. Uh, I have a background in social media insights and analytics. So one of my uh, favorite things to do is sort of like a pastime was um, when I started working in social media, look at like what was driving performance. Um, So I would look at the Excel file downloads coming from Facebook. I would use social listening tools to understand how things are performing. And that ended up being a really useful uh, tool set as well as skill set to bring into user research uh, currently.
0: Awesome. That's cool. So you're talking a lot about the quantitative side of user research. How do you pair that with the, the qualitative side, or are you more focused on on like analytics of user
1: research? I would love to be able to call myself a quantitative researcher at some point. I think um, anybody who's like looked at a quantitative role or interviewed for a quantitative role realizes that it requires a lot more rigor and understanding of advanced methodologies. So in some organizations, they would maybe say like I'm a mixed methods researcher or even quant because I have a lot of analytics experience, a little bit of data science, science training through data science for all. But overall, overall, like I still need a lot of help when it comes to like writing code. I still need a lot of guidance when it comes to statistical significance in some instances. And so um, I wouldn't call myself that by any measure, but I am always looking forward to, or always kind of thinking of ways that I can build on that skill set um, through additional trainings and tools.
0: How do you, I think like a lot of Like as a designer, passing it off to a product or design team, showing complex numbers to people that maybe some are, but some might not be super, you know, data driven or, or analytical like myself. How do you like make sure that that's digestible?
1: That's a great question. I think you have to really know your audience. I used to go to like managers with my, like with my little databases and my spreadsheets that I wrote and built and was like, oh, well, if you look right here, here's how it's performing. And my manager at the time um, was like, she referred to it as going into the matrix. And that kind of made me realize like, you know, I'm, I'm doing a great job of extracting information from the data, but I'm not really, like, creating meaning. I'm not an effective storyteller, and so I had to practice um, really hard to figure out not just, like, how do I take this and and not just give you, like, here's what the data says, but here are the insights behind that. Here's the next actionable step you can take. Here's where this comes into strategy. Um, that just took a lot of, you know, time and practice. Um, there's a really great book too, called storytelling with data, uh, that I've bought like 10 copies of. I think I give it to like any single person that like would ask me, uh, for a copy of like my Excel database or would talk to me about like building presentations. I'd be like, oh, you have to get this book. It's fantastic.
0: So I guess, what does that look like then? Is that like a deck? Like, how are you designing that presentation of, of data? So how do you make sure that that's getting... Used throughout the the product cycle or, or whatever it's being researched for.
1: That's like the researcher's struggle for sure. It's always like, you don't want to be the person kind of like parroting over and over again, like the, Mm -hmm. you know, Oh, don't forget when we were in our sessions, this person said this, or like, Hey, please remember that this user does this, or, you know, asking questions about like, Oh, where did we think about this particular scenario that we uncovered in our research? Um, that can sometimes feel for a researcher, like they're not being listened to, but the reality is, is like, that is your area of passion and expertise. And your team is only going to be able to carry so much of that over because they're, you know, responsible for their own realm. And so for me, I think it's really important to partner with your designer, um, and your product team and figure out how they learn as individuals, what's most effective for them. What's your learning style, Um, Thinking about it more tactically, some things I've seen that are really useful are creating little like persona cards that you can include in a Figma file. So when a designer is working on something, you would be able to just have a little card that's like, hey, you know, you're building this thing for this particular task. Here are some questions you could think about or here's like this user's like. Um, unmet need that we're trying to solve for here. And that way it's like right there, not in some like repository in the middle, like no one's going to look at the Confluence page that you wrote, you know, all this documentation for. Um, And I think another thing is like being comfortable with your design team to annotate some of their, their, um, their design work, like having a really collaborative system where you can kind of get in there and annotate it with like some of your research findings. Um, I think that's proven pretty useful from my experience in the past.
0: I assume some people out there might be, you know, feel like they're almost intruding on people's time when when they are looking for a mentor. How do you kind of navigate that that fear?
1: I think that's what I like about something like ADP list is it's not like you're cold calling someone on LinkedIn where you're like, Hey, would you mind taking 30 minutes of my time, please? Like, or taking 30 minutes of your time and helping me navigate my career. Instead, you're like, these people are on this platform because they have agreed that they want to be mentors, that they want to help people. And so it takes some of that pressure off of you as someone who's just trying to learn, um, to to find someone and connect with someone that you know is willing to invest their time and energy in you, and then the reason that I think it's good to have more than one mentor is like sometimes mentors have burnout, um, sometimes schedules get a little out of whack. Also, it's great to have perspectives that are different from yours. A lot of times people want to choose a mentor because they're like this person is like me, or it's like future Katie, you know, but choosing someone with like a diverse range of perspectives, that means researchers reaching out to designers, designers reaching out to researchers, Uh everybody reaching out to the product team. I think it's like, that will make you more well-rounded. And also, especially if you're new, you will understand how each role participates in the product development life cycle. You'll be better at working within people, like within teams that have a broad variety of these roles. And you'll get a sense of like, Learning from people who are and aren't like you.
0: I love that. That's the first time I've heard that idea. Diversify your mentors because different perspectives are, are super valuable, for sure. Yeah. Katie, you work in a super cool industry, music. I imagine it's a difficult one to break into. Tell us a little bit about working in, in UX research in that field and, and any advice you have for people trying to get into that field.
1: I'll talk to kind of both sides of that question. The first one being working in user research in the music industry. Mm-hmm. Um, A lot of times when people think about a role in the music industry, they think like it's going to be really flashy. You're going to work with artists, you know, you're going to see celebrities coming through the building at all times. Uh, But the reality is, is a lot of our work is around like data systems, uh, performance measurement systems, things of that nature, um, and working a lot more with like internal users. Uh, So my my recommendation is if you work on something like that you feel is, you know, Uh, Maybe less glamorous, like databases, or you're working on um, sort of like, I don't know, I can't think of like anything dry off the top of my head because it's all really interesting to me. But I work on a data product and I think it's like really cool because then you're looking at the universe of information that's out there. So, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's like taking data points from like a digital streaming platform or from retail sales or from an artist's performance or event that they've done or you know a licensing agreement that they they've, they've uh, entered into i think like being able to help people make sense of such disparate pieces of information and how that's impacting their work as both a researcher and as a designer, like problem solving for that is super complex. Um, So I would definitely say if you're interested in the music industry and you're working in UX in a space that you feel, um, you know, oh, I'm not creative enough for this. Like, trust me, you are. Look at some of those job descriptions. And this is my advice that I always give to mentees. Take a look at um, the job description that you want, like future you really want and look at yours and be like, where are the gaps and work in the role that you have today or the role that you can get tomorrow to get to that point um, to work toward that. So I think like if you're interested in working in the space um, and you have some experience, um, that's like a great way to kind of like to, to relate to what an organization is looking for. The other side of that is just breaking in a great way to get closer to the music industry is just to follow folks mostly on LinkedIn, but you can definitely find podcasts and everything um, for people that are in the industry space. So follow, you know, some of the major players for music reporting, audio intelligence, music business news, stuff like that will not only tell you like what the landscape looks like for the industry, but also oftentimes those sources include job openings um and another piece is agencies. I you know, I work through a contract. Um contracting into the music industry is a great kind of first step to land that first role to land a full-time role. So being open to that I think is especially important.
0: Yeah, awesome advice all around, Katie. Thanks so much for coming on the show today.
1: Thank you so much.